apparently my notes are deciding to load, which I think I'm... Uh... My name's Jim, by the way. I can talk while I do this. For those of you who don't know, uh, I run the music team here with my beautiful wife. Yes, it is my fault that it's probably too loud sometimes, but we just we like to express ourselves in a way that praises God and... Uh, So, this morning, Pastor Rob is away. He's at, yeah, what's it, how do you say it? Yakalilla, which is in Adelaide at Josh Pittman's church. He's actually preaching three times today. Um, So, I'm going to look at you in two seconds. So, he's preaching over there. Josh Pittman was the guy that came over and helped tile the bathroom, just so you know. He's a twin, so hats off to his parents. <laughs> but respect. So, anyway. I don't know about uh, you, but I've been looking up a lot about choices over the last few weeks. And, um, you know, as a, as a human, we make upwards of 35,000 choices a day. And that boils down to 35.4 a minute or basically 1.64 a second. Now, if you're wondering what the 6.4 is, it's probably for us, us procrastinators, which is me. If you're a procrastinator, then join the club. But choices are such a life-defying thing. We do it whether it's who we're texting, how we're texting, whether it's if we come to church, whether it's if we say hi to Joe Blogs, whatever. Choices are such a thing that can define us. And I want to tell you a story about a choice that I had to make. One night, we were uh, uh, sleeping. Now, in my family, there's a family joke called the Cassiotis gene. The Cassiotis gene is you have a really good sleep gene, right? You could basically sleep anywhere, anytime. It's just a thing. Um, I can sleep very well. Anyway, as I'm sleeping very well one night, Beth is tugging at my shirt. And I'm thinking, oh, you know... I'm pretty sure we had the boys, so I'm thinking, you know, what's up? She goes, I think someone's trying to get in the house. And I was like, oh, really? No one's coming in our house. If we've got anything of value, the boys have wrecked it anyway. So it's like, <laughs> they've got the wrong house. So anyway, I'm lying there and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to kind of listen and just, you know, start to work out in my head. I want to hear it for myself before I get out of bed. Anyway, I heard it and I was like, okay. Sounds like something that's not a toy. I don't know about all you parents, those random toys that decide to turn on in the middle of the night. You're out there almost bashing a toy. But Anyway, I'm laying there. I was like, it's definitely not a toy. So I got up out of bed and I opened our door and I'm standing there. And I go, I'm thinking to myself, the adrenaline's starting to, to run. I'm thinking, okay. And I heard this, this noise again. And I'm thinking, oh, someone is definitely trying to get in the house. Now, Right in that split second, I felt a decision had to be made. I either had to go out there at full bore and be like, but you know, I can get out of here, whatever, or kind of go the, the, uh, the defense strategy of like, hey, mate, you know, maybe, you know, go somewhere else. This isn't the house for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I had to make this decision because if I went out there a bit fluffy fairy, I knew something, you know, it wasn't going to maybe turn out for the best. You just, I just had to make a decision to go out and to tackle it type of thing. So anyway, I made the decision. I was like, I'm thinking, running through my head, I'm like, where's my golf clubs? Where's something I can, you know, something that I can at least threaten with? 
because I'm obviously not a, a, a big statured person as far as muscly. So I made the decision, I was like, right, I'm just going to go out there and go for it. So I've gone out, I've kind of, I've taken those, those, those kind of bold steps and I see nothing. There's no lights, there's nothing, nothing's on. And I'm looking around, the sensor light's not on, so we have a sensor light that basically if you're out the door, it's going to turn on. I'm thinking, what's going on? And I'm looking around, started prancing around, I thought maybe they're hiding. Turns out, it was this dumb vacuum cleaner. We've got one of those iBot <laughs> things. I don't know what they are. They're like a remote, what's it called? Robot back. Don't spend your money on them. They're a complete waste of money. Just sorry, I don't, I'm not uh, plugged by them. But it basically had turned on randomly, got caught up in the cords under the TV cabinet. So what was this? I couldn't even see it hovering around. And was just making this noise. And because it wasn't a continuous noise, it literally sounded like someone was trying to break in the house. So for those of you thinking getting one, don't get one because they're useless. <laughs> so the point I want trying to make is who am I choosing is the title of my message this morning. And what I'm jumping in with is 2 Chronicles 2015. It says, He said, Listen, all you people of Judea and Jerusalem. Listen. King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid, do not be, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but God's. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you that you are a big God. I thank you that the battle that we may face in front of us is yours, Father God. And I pray that your spirit will be with us this morning, Father, that people will hear your words, they'll hear your voice, they'll be influenced by who you are, God, I just pray that this morning that we are aware of your spirit and we, would, we want to choose to listen to your spirit this morning. In your name, amen. I just want to say hello to all our online people. Um, hope you're enjoying it so far. Look forward to seeing you in the flesh. So jumping in this story, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah and he was 35 years old. Early in his reign as king, he was a great conductor towards God and influenced people to go out throughout Judea and spread the good news. So basically, every time as a king, people would go to him and say, hey, look, what do we do? What are we doing? What's going on? And as a, as a Christian or a believer, uh, Jehoshaphat would always go and seek God first. And the story goes basically in 2, verse 2. Messages came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at the, that place. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judea to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judea came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Now I want you to get the idea here that Jehoshaphat had a massive army and this wasn't his first battle that he was coming up against. And Jazz, if you can just go to the next slide. The picture I want to paint is basically Judea's army was around, well from what my research worked out, was around 1.1, 1.2 million people in an army, right? Pretty, pretty big deal. But as you can see, you've got King 
uh, you've got Adam, Moab, and Eden. Now, you can see the size of what they are, right? So you could just use your imagination. If they're 1.2 in an army, then you would definitely say that the army would roughly be about three times the size. It's a big deal, right? So what I want us to understand is this was no... This was If this was going to go through, the physics or the numbers just didn't add up, okay? And one thing that Jehoshaphat did so well is seeked God first. And that was taking responsibility towards how he's feeling and laying it to God. And I don't know about you, but sometimes there's definitely definitely a physical side that stops us from going to God first because we try and reason with what we're doing. We try and make a decision based on the physical facts. Now, if you were to make a decision off the physical facts you would be in major trouble and strife. And basically looking at that, you can see that it's, it was never going to turn out well from a physical side. The decision that Jehoshaphat picked God first and not the last resort is definitely a, a big one. I think that's something that we can definitely take away. There's always that freak out stage which sometimes leads to bad decisions. Now, if there was going to be one, I would definitely think that there would be one now. But from a human aspect, we definitely have that freak-out stage of whether it's... It could be anything, but there's a battle that's ahead. And as a human, it's okay that we sometimes freak out. It's actually what it leads to. It's actually something that we can, we can have control over if we seek God first or seek back to God before we make any bad choices or decisions. And that was what Jehoshaphat did so well. You know, in the last 10 minutes that you've been here, you've already made 360 choices. Whether that's, I'm going to listen or not. Whether that's what I'm having for dinner, or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's something that is always going on in our minds at 100, well, 1.16 a second. We make these choices every day. And if we can understand who we're called to be through God, and that's where we can continually make godly decisions which are going to lead us to godly things. Now, some choices we, we can predict, some choices we know we need to make, some choices we actually don't see, and they're the ones, as Jehoshaphat had, they're the ones that I really believe that rather than trying to physically work out the physics of how it can help, we need to always lean on God to then discover what does it look like through God's eyes? Because it, it's the closer we are with God, the better we see God, and better yet, the more we're strengthened by God. You know, to, I don't know about you, but I feel like this is me every five minutes. You know, there's a decision to be made, or at work, or at home, or whatever. Like, it's just so decisions are such a thing of life, and if we're not conditioned with what God's called us to be like, then these decisions are going are gonna, to uh, smother us, they're going to stall us, and they're going to slow us down from the promise of what God's called us to be. And better yet, God has left something called the Holy Spirit to help us make godly decisions. And that's something that I think we need to always take a hold of. Is the Holy Spirit is everywhere. The Holy Spirit is when you leave. It's not just stuck in this building. The Holy Spirit isn't just when you play music. 
you know, we play music to remind ourselves that God's presence is everywhere, but God's presence is everywhere. If we can make the decision, then I can tell you God will be able to show you what road and what decision you need to make to then lead on to the next one. Are you getting this? So, back to Jehoshaphat. The Lord answers in verse 15. Basically, they all gather together at the temple. They're all having a massive uh, prayer meeting, I I suppose you could call it. And in the midst of it all, uh, a young boy stands up and has this prophecy, which we've already read, which is 15. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judea, in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. It's such a great reminder of God's got this. We jump to 17. It says, But but you will not even need to fight. Now, I love this part. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He will be with you. He is with you. O Lord of Judea and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Can I encourage you that just because the Lord said it doesn't mean we can sit back, watch Instagram wheels and watch the promise of God unfold in front of us. We still have to be able to take our position up. We still have to be able to make the decision to position ourselves to a place that God can do a work through us. It's awesome that God's got a plan for us, but we need to be able to take our position, stand on what God's called us, and walk in it. Because it's easy to procrastinate. I'm telling you, I am the king at procrastinating, whether it's what we're having for dinner, whether it's whether we should buy this, it doesn't, like whether it's, like yesterday I spent about an hour driving around town looking for an esky. And I'm like, I should have just bought the esky that I first looked at, but I'm procrastinating. I'm driving around, dragging the boys around. You know, it's just the thing we do. You might do it subconsciously. You might do it when you know you're doing it. But the point of it is, stop procrastinating. Take your position up and don't be afraid because the Lord is with you. God wants us to obey his word and voice more. The more we... God wants us to obey his word. It's not what we do, it's who we do it for. Take your responsibility up. And as Pastor Alan spoke last week, if we don't have the faith to fulfill the gap between our situation and our destination, we need to just obey the word of God and understand that God has us. It's God's battle. You know, we sung about it this morning. We're walking in it, but we need to take our position up. Now, in verse 21... It says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat anointed the men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for his splendor of his holiness. As they went out ahead of the army singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. I love this. I actually spoke this at a music catch-up last year and it was something that I really want us as a team, but also a church to understand that these guys praised their way to their victory. They didn't sit back. They didn't just wait for something to unfold. They didn't just order it. You know, I'm getting ahead of my notes, but we don't, we're not in a click. Our relationship with God isn't a click and collect. As good as click and collect is, and it's convenient, and it's awesome, 
and even from a music side of things, there's so many things now that you can just download, collect and have. God's not like that. There's a relationship there. I'll get to that later. But I love the part that they're on their way down to meet this army and they're praising. Can you imagine going, it's like, it'd be almost like, I was trying to look at a scale to like compare it with, but it would be like us walking or taking on Adelaide as an army. Do you think you'd be happy about, like, you know what I mean? Like on the journey to the battle, knowing how much bigger the battle is, three times the size, so let's call it three million, that's just, I for argument's sake, they're praising to it. You know, so it's almost like physically they're praising to their death. You know, you're like, well, we're going to get slaughtered here. Have you heard how many people there are? Like, I'm sure there would have been some doubt amongst the 1.1 million people that were going to battle. Yet the best part about this is they continued to praise their way to it. Now, it wouldn't have been easy. Jehoshaphat was still a human. He's still freaking out at the start, like, God, what do we do? And I'm sure when God said, hey, go do this, it wasn't like this thing that just clicked and then you're like, yeah, you know, we've got this. There's still something, like, it hasn't happened yet. You know what I mean? There's that, there's that gap in the middle that you're like, I hope God comes through because this army is massive and we're praising our name that, you know, God's got it. I love this. In 22, it says, At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Omen, Moab, and Mount Sur to start fighting among themselves. The army of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Sur and killed every one of them. And then they had destroyed the army of after that, they had destroyed the army of Sir. Then they began attacking one another. There wasn't a single person left. And the crazy thing about this is that they actually didn't see it. They actually got to where they, everyone were. They, how I envisioned it is they got over the crest and all they saw, I don't want to paint the picture too, you know, we've got some sensitive ears around here, but all they saw was basically everyone dead. Like, it's, yet, the faith that they had to be able to praise all the way, it's not like they were praising and seeing the battle unfold. They were actually praising before they saw anything. And then when they got there, the battle was won. So, can we just comprehend that for a minute, that it's something that is, in amongst their surrender, the battle was being fought. And that is a decision that I believe that if we can make as Christians, because I really think, now I'm not boasting by saying this, but we've been doing music and, and dealing with things for, oh, I don't know, uh, my guess is 15 years, I think. I've done it. We've done it together for 11. But my point being is that it's, there is always sometimes a resistance of the surrender of knowing what God's called us to be. And it's quite simple that, there's God and there's the world. And the biggest thing that I've seen on repeat is what happens is we try, because we live in a worldly world, materialistic, whatever, we then go to the world, we go to work, whatever, and then we start to then view and relate, well, view God 
through the world's eyes and then go, oh, I'll just go, I'm not pointing fingers here, I'll just go to church when I can or I'll just do this when I kind of feel like it. And making a decision of based on, well, the world tells you, hey, look, if you're okay, oh, sorry, if you're, you know, this or that, then, you know, go sit aside, have some, side, have some time aside, whatever. Now, there's a balance to all that. I'm not saying, you know, don't ever have time off. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just trying to illustrate the fact that the world is very opposite than what God is. And if we're trying to view God through the world because we spend time in the world, we're going to get it wrong because that's where the imbalance happens. Whereas in when we start having a relationship through God, then we then can then view the world through God's eyes and then we can make those decisions more godly aspect, uh, more godly perspective. Does that make sense? So as I said, it's not a click and collect. You know, God has a promise for each one of us and it's something that is not a magic trick. Because God's said it, it's not just going to happen. Like I said, we need to take up our position. We need to be able to back ourselves or back ourselves with the word that God has for us. Now, if you don't know what the promise of God is over your life, then I can tell you a broad promise that he has for all of us is that he wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to be able to love one another. He wants us to be able to to grow and he wants, he wants good for us. And when we put ourselves in a position to be, to be led by God and have that relationship with God, because as I said, from a, from a physical and a human and a worldly aspect, it's such a click and collect, download this, get that. You know, just an example from a music perspective, back in the day, if you wanted a, a certain guitar amp, which is a guitar amp, something like this, you had to go out and buy that particular guitar amp, right? Now, it was something that to get the different sounds, you had to buy the different amps. And the amps were basically the size of that. Now, poor Benjamin had an amp, and it was a massive amp. He had to lug this amp around everywhere. But my point that I'm trying to say is nowadays, these, so this amp up here, or this speaker, it's one sound you're always going to sound like that. But nowadays, we can buy a device, which is what Benjamin's using right there, and that has about 500 of them in there because of the digital world and how it's changed and how we can then just click that sound. So all of a sudden, I can go from having something like that to then something totally different and a click of a button. Whereas in winding or come back 10 years, that wasn't a thing. And what happens is us as people, we try to do that to God. It's not how God wants us to have a relationship. We just, you know, God spoke to my heart years ago. He said, Jim, I want ownership, not, not, a, um, not a membership. You know, it's, stop treating God. Thanks, Beth. Stop treating God like a membership when he wants ownership in a relationship through how God's called you to be. Because I can assure you that God's invited us. God wants us to be a participant and a co-worker to work and walk alongside him towards the promise and calling that he has for you. Make that decision to walk with him. 
Don't expect it just to happen. It's such a trap, I'm telling you. And I'm one that gets stuck in it. You can stall on it. You can sit back on it. But we can make a decision of knowing that we need to take up our position by choosing God, choosing to walk with God. Because I can tell you that if Jehoshaphat was to just go, I've won army, I've won it before, we'll just go out and hope for the best. Well, there wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been a victory. There wouldn't have been any, anything to read. Oh, I'm sure there would have been filled in something else. But you get my point. Get my, his focus and how he wanted to make that decision based on God, but then to be able to walk it to then see the victory. So this morning, I want to encourage you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what decisions you've made, good or bad. It doesn't matter. God's not, God doesn't reject you. Get that out of your mind. God is wanting to restore you. God is wanting to work with you. God doesn't reject. He wants to, he will correct you, but he won't reject you. So we've got to get over sometimes ourselves. We've got to get over the point of, valuing or we kind of sometimes we misvalue where we're at really like sometimes this is what I feel like we do to God right we say God yes I love you God you're awesome but then it's like we then disappear and we forget that even though you can't see me and we, and we think that God can't see me yet God can still hear me God can still see me you know what I mean? Like, we just need to be real with where we're at. That's like, it's really all it's about. God just wants us honest to be honest. God blesses honesty. It's okay where you're at. Don't kid yourself that you think you're somewhere you're not. So I just want to encourage you and challenge you in the same swing of it, that God has called you to be more. God, your future self is awaiting. And I want it... I want it to challenge you. It challenges me. My future self challenges me to be a better... I want to be a better Christian, not for the sake of myself, but because I want to be able to have this... have have a, a sound that is influencing and encouraging people towards God. Because what God's done to me, He wants to do to others. When we come to church, it's great. I love coming together. But we always have to remember that the church, we're not coming for the building. It's not like the temple back in the day where it was all plaque and gold and we're coming to look at all the, you know, we're coming for the people. We're coming because we want to be able to fellowship, as Kimberly was speaking on. We want to love on one another. So God's called you to be more than what you are today. And the only thing stopping you is making a decision towards walking in that. Or sitting back in that it's quite simple like I said it's the world or it's God and when we can filter it through God the world's the world is where we need to be at but we need to be able to filter it through God we need to see it through God's eyes so this morning I want to pray just as you are I'm not going to call for anyone up front but if you feel a stirring in your heart about making I want to make more godly decisions or I just want to make decisions that are going to influence who I'm called to be 
just this morning as no, no one's looking around. It's just between you and God. As I said, don't, don't let that restriction of the person next to you or whatever hold you back from choosing God over the, the outward appearance. So just this morning, I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you're wanting to make that decision, make that choice, can you just lift your hand up? Just put your hand up and just that acknowledgement to God of saying, God, I just want to be making more decisions that are influenced by you. I don't want to be overcome by the, the theory of what, how it looks, that I just want to be able to walk in your presence, walk in your glory, walk in the strength that you continue to provide. So God, I just pray for your people here this morning, Father. I just pray this morning that we can make a decision to you, Father God, that we can see things through your eyes. Holy Spirit, just be an influencer as we walk this earth. God, I thank you that you are so much more powerful. And sometimes the way we win battles aren't necessarily the way that we think we should win battles. But sometimes you put something in us so big so that the only way that we know we won that victory was not through ourselves, but because of through who you are in us. I thank you, God, that you are in us. I thank you that that thing inside of us can birth out so that we can influence and encourage and spread the love to one another, Father God. I thank you that you have a promise for each one of us, and I just pray that you'll be able to uh, uncover that promise to your people, God. Remove the blockages. Remove the things that may be stopping us from seeing our true calling for who you are, Father God. I thank you for who you are. Thank you that you bless honesty and that we can just come before you. Thank you, God. Amen.